we're back. Well, tax season's here, folks, and you know... Hi there. Whoa, where'd you come from? April here to tell you about the tax filing software from TaxAct. Uh, seriously, were you, like, hiding behind my desk? Seriously, TaxAct makes it easy to get your maximum refund. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Switch to TaxAct today, and you can start for free. Or as we say at Radioland... <laughs> Subtle. Tax Act. File for less and get more. Restrictions apply. Price at filing subject to change. See taxact.com for details. You know something we missed in 2020 is traveling. Remember road trips, seeing friends and family, and all the sights and sounds along the way? And of course, road snacks. Mmm, beef jerky. Well, it's time to get back out there. We've earned it. And when you travel with the U.S. Bank Altitude Connect Visa Signature Card, you'll also earn the most from it. So hit the road and take it all in again from points of interest to points back for how you travel. Earn four times points on travel and at gas stations. And if you book your prepaid hotel or car rental directly in the Altitude Rewards Center, you can earn five times points. Plus, you'll earn two times points on groceries, dining, and streaming services. And all other eligible purchases? Yeah, you'll earn points on those too. So start earning more today and connect with 50,000 bonus points of $500 value. When you spend $3,000 within the first 120 days, of account opening. Learn more at usbank.com slash Altitude Connect. The U.S. Bank Altitude Connect Visa Signature Card is issued by U.S. Bank National Association, N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Pet food bags are covered in pretty pictures of healthy food, but the highly processed pellets inside are far from it. Make the switch to the farmer's dog. It's real food made fresh and delivered right to your door. The Farmer's Dog worked with top vets to create ready-to-serve meals using fresh, human-grade meat and vegetables. They contain everything your dog needs to stay healthy and nothing they don't. Go to thefarmersdog.com slash listen to save 50% on your first box with free shipping. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. Glad to have you with us this week. This is, as always, a show that uh, brings you the latest in health, healing, nutrition, and fitness. Uh, these are practical tips you can use in your everyday life to hopefully lead a healthier life. And as always, the advice on this show is for educational purposes only, and it's not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice of any kind. So always, please always consult your physician when wanting to make major health changes in your life. Uh, have, I do have an announcement to make before I get started into the, this week's um, articles. Uh, for those of you who listen to this show from Blog Talk Radio, uh, I will no longer be broadcasting from there. Um, it's, that's actually a change that's going on. However, this show will be continuing. So after this show, you can li- you can listen to my show on my website. Uh, so you just you know type in georgebatista.com 
and I have a brand new website with a um, with a tab there for the podcast, so you can go right on there and uh, listen to it right from the site. It's a lot easier, and um, some some good changes going on here. So I'll be able to uh, control that now. And also, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do it in two ways. You can go to the podcast link on the website and it has uh, where you can subscribe either via iTunes or the feed, the RSS feed, so you can just do that. You can get it on your computer. Or you can also just send me a quick email. Uh, there's a link for that on the site as well. And just say, hey, you want to be added to the podcast list. And this way, each week, I'll send out my newsletter podcast where you'll know exactly when the podcast is coming out. And you can also, um, you know, see what it's going to be all about that week. So I'm excited about these changes. So hopefully you guys can stick around and, and uh, you know, get some tips as we go along. All right. Um, so this week, we're going to start off with an article from wellnessresources.com, Byron Richards, uh, which we always get a lot of good stuff from. And this is going to be on uh, lipoic acid, and this is regarding uh, fatty liver disease. Now, one of the big issues that's happening, uh, you know, that's that's happening in 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 uh, the health, you know, the in in health in general, as far as uh, as far as problems, is uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver. Now, fatty liver used to be they used to talk about fatty liver being a problem for alcoholics when they drank a lot. But now we're realizing that fatty liver is not just for alcoholics and, and, and people with with that type of issue now. That, that's why they now they actually have called it non-alcoholic fatty liver disease because now people are getting it. Um, people who are overweight are getting it. People who are just normal weight are getting it. And, and a lot of it has to do with lifestyle and, and diet and things like that. So it's really... It's really become a, a huge problem. So what they did here is a study um, uh, regarding lipoic acid. Now, lipoic acid—it's—it's it's a, it's a nutrient um, that you—that's really, really protective to your liver, and it, it's protective in both in terms of toxic defense and metabolic improvement. So, you know, really, if you if you have a fatty liver, one of the problems, is especially with people who are gaining weight when they have high triglycerides and things like that, your liver needs to try to filter filter that out. And one of the ways it does that is by, you know, obviously making extra LDL cholesterol and trying to get the fat out of your liver on, on the LDL cholesterol, which is kind of a transport system. And, you know, it exports, it, it exports it out of your liver to try to get it out. Because remember, your liver is a primary detox uh, organ in your body. But, you know, it, it, it does its best. But remember, liver, the liver has backup systems and things like that. But, you know, it, it, it can be a, a really bad issue. So they're finding here that, you know, with people whose waistlines are growing, they're realizing as time is going on that the amount of inappropriate fat in the liver is also growing with the waistline. Now, your liver deals with it in different ways. It can dump it into the stomach and also into the di- into the digestive tract and cause all sorts of problems. It can uh, it can try to deal with it itself or get overwhelmed, and then you you can you know get into worse problems like cirrhosis and things like that. So there's a lot of different things that can happen, but it really doesn't. Your liver really doesn't have a lot of options as far as storing excess excess fat. So so it tries to do the, do the best it can, but um, what's happening here is that they're finding that 
lipoic acid actually helps boost energy function of the liver so it can dispose of the fat and prevent it from building up to you know toxic problems here so um, this is this is a this is really important. This is a really good nutrient that helps. Now, there's a lot of nutrients that help the liver, but lipoic acid is being studied um, a lot more lately when it regards to the liver. So, now you have to remember also, you know, waistline. You know, the the biggest thing. Uh, you know, even a lot of men struggle with this as well, especially if they're on high fat diets, drinking a lot of beer and things like that. You know, waistline expanding. That's that's a big problem. Um, so what you want to do, one of the things you can tell is if your waistline is too big, obviously, is that your waistline should not be more than half of your height in inches. So for example, if your height is, you know, six feet, for example, which is 72 inches, um, technically, uh, if you divide that in half, which would be 36 inches, your waistline, you don't want your waistline to be more, uh, or at least a lot more than 36 inches. Okay, that's kind of a... A, um, a baseline you can use for measuring waistline and things like that. A baseline for the waistline. <laughs> so um, that's something you know you can consider in terms of that. So, but other th there's also other nutrients that you can use to help with the fatty liver, which includes um, pantothenic acid. That's something that helps very good. Acetyl L-carnitine, uh, tocotrienol E. Okay, vitamin E, very good. Quercetin. Quercetin is excellent for the liver, and I talk about quercetin a lot in this, in these podcasts. Um, and also friendly flora, probiotics, milk thistle, which is, um, uh, you know, uh, So these are other things. Whey protein, another thing uh, that people can use. So all these things, and you can use a combination of these things to help if you, if you are having problems with your liver to try to help. And remember. Liver does have a a process where it can regenerate itself, but you got to give it the proper nutrients, and you've got to give it the proper time to rejuvenate. You've got to give it the proper, you know, you you've got to help to help it with the detox process. So, so lipoic acid and other nutrients for liver function. Um, check it out. I think uh, it can help. Okay, uh, next here we have naturalnews.com, John Phillips. Now we're going to talk a little bit about B vitamins and uh, B vitamins as far as energy here. Now this is B vitamins lower homocysteine levels and provide significant stroke risk reduction. Um, now your B vitamins, of course, we know are responsible for cellular energy in your body. Okay, they they're extremely important for cognitive function, uh, for all for energy, for all kind. They you know they help with your adrenals and stress, uh, all kinds of things. It's it's you know so B vitamins a significant part of your diet that that definitely you know a lot of times people on vegetarian or vegan diets have to supplement that because they don't get that through their um, their meat because obviously meat has a lot of B vitamins, so they don't get it from that. So they have to get it through another way. So, but we're going to talk about stroke a little bit in this article. And what it says here, I'm quoting, it says, stroke remains the third leading cause of death in the U.S., taking the lives of more than 140,000 people each year. Now, that's that's huge. And it, you know, obviously it causes serious problems. It can cause long-term long disabilities. Um, now, three-quarters of those suffering from a stroke are aged 65 and over. 
And it can, you know, strokes can be, you know, the results of poor dietary habits, lifestyles, all different types of things. I mean, a lot of things that can happen, uh, nutrition deficiencies, um, high levels of homocysteine, all these different things can happen um, that can lead to stroke. So this is what they did here. Researchers from Europe and China, they published the results of a study that they did in the Journal of Clinical Nutrition. And it demonstrates how B vitamin supplementation actually help it, it helps as far as protecting uh, it's it's a significant uh, protective effect on stroke okay and and because what it does is it lowers homocysteine now um, basically you know you're, you're lowering the, the levels of the non-protein amino acid which is homocysteine is a, is a non-protein amino acid that circulates and if you have high levels of it that can be a problem. So B vitamins basically uh, help to lower this as far as that. Now, vegetarian ways you can get B vitamins can be, um, you know, leafy green vegetables, uh, broccoli, kale, cauliflower, almonds. These are these are rich in, in B vitamins. So, you know, you you want to get a comprehensive, uh, uh, you know, a comprehensive array of of B vitamins is very good for vegetarians. Now. What they did here is this. The researchers, they did a meta-analysis. A meta-analysis is basically a, a review of a lot of different studies, and they put them into one. And these are 19 separate studies, and they followed them They followed them from 6 to 85 months, and they included dosages of folic acid. It, it, they, they had groups that had, um, they had one group that had, uh, folic acid, and then another group that had, you know, um, vitamin uh, B6 and B12, and they found that supplementation with B vitamins produced significant reductions in dangerous homocysteine levels as compared to the placebo. So they had a group that was a placebo and a group that had the B vitamins, and they found the homocysteine levels were lower in the group that had the B vitamins. So that's significant. Okay, and it was, and it was actually a 12% lowered risk. So that's that's good. But now they did another study as well. And in this other study, they did 5,500 men and uh, and women uh, with heart disease. Okay, now participants were assigned a daily regimen of either B vitamins or placebo pills for five years, and the results showed that people who took the vitamins were 25% less likely to suffer to suffer a stroke over the study period compared to those who took the placebo. So that's another. Uh, another study that they did. Now, a third study that they did was very interesting. And this was reported for people who actually have already had a stroke. So, these people had already suffered a stroke, and they put them on doses of B12, uh, and they did this for about a period of two years. And those taking the high doses of B, uh, B vitamins lowered the occurrence of a second stroke by 20%. So, that is also significant. So, not only does it help with the prevention of a stroke, but it helps for a reoccurrence of a stroke. So, you know, something definitely to look at. Now, if you're supplementing with B vitamin, B vitamins, you have to be very careful because, uh, especially with the B12 uh, factor, because there are cheaply made vitamins out there, um, and you have to look at the labels. When you look at the labels and you're looking at your B vitamins, look at your B12, because B12 is going to tell you um, that manufacturer what they used as far as making those vitamins and if they use cheap ingredients because one of the cheap ingredients in B12 is called cyanocobalamin. It's a cheaper ingredient and 
it basically when you take the ingredient now it's obviously it's not really gonna you know do any I don't think it's gonna do any major damage at least in the short term but your body does have to um, break it down and when it breaks it down it turns into a molecule of cyanide in your body now I wouldn't want to take that okay it's just something that I would want to do it's it's not as digestible and it's it's harder on your body and it you know if you're taking it for a longer period of time who knows? Who knows what kind of problems it can cause? So you're looking for more. One of the things to look at, if it says cyanocobalamin, I would not take it. It's a, it's a cheaper form. You know, you want to stick with methylcobalamin. That is a good form of B vitamin. It's very digestible, and it, it works well in your body, and uh, it's, you know, it's something to look at. So that's when you're looking at your daily multivitamins, and it has B12 in it. Make sure you take a look at that. I did a whole show on vitamins early on, so if you want to take a look at the archives in Block Talk Radio, um, you can check that out. And I go through a whole, almost like a tutorial, basically on vitamins. So check that out. Okay. So uh, B vitamins, very very important. Make sure you're getting them uh, in some form or another. Uh, extremely important. Now, this is from John Barron, uh, and this is acupuncture treatment for COPD patients. So this is very interesting. And uh, we all know how uh, acupuncture, how helpful acupuncture can be. And acupuncture has actually been proven to be helpful in many different illnesses, many different conditions from asthma, bronchitis, uh, back problems, uh, all kinds of pains, arthritis, and all these different types of things. Well, uh, it's also now being shown that it's very, very helpful for COPD sufferers. Now, what is COPD? COPD is, uh, is well, first of all, COPD sufferers have, you know, have larger breathing problems. They usually have problems getting uh, air, you know, they, they have basic breathing problems with lung function, basically, okay? So they usually get uh, chronic bronchitis. They may have emphysema, a combination of them. Um, I'm sure you've seen commercials regarding COPD and the drugs and the different types of pharmaceutical drugs they have for it. Well, uh, what they did here is a study, it's a randomized control study trial that took place at Kyoto University in Japan. Okay, so, and this is what they did. They split 68 adult volunteers, all diagnosed with COPD, into into two groups of 12-week experiment of a, of a 12-week experiment. The first group received weekly acupuncture, and the second group was given fake acupuncture. So what they did was they actually they had needles, okay, um, but when the needles were actually placed, they were retracted. So they they weren't really uh, on the pressure point. So they weren't um, pushed into the pressure point. So there was actually no acupuncture performed on those folks that had the fake acupuncture and then you had people with real acupuncture so it was uh, it must have been very interesting the way he did it but anyway um, so they did that and then what they did was the researchers tested the participants breathing both before and after the acupuncture sessions and this is what they found the subjects breathing was rated between 1 and 10 now 10 being the worst so basically 10 being you know people who really couldn't get a good breath at all and then uh, 1 being those who had you know 
pretty good breathing. Now, those who had the real acupuncture made a major improvement in their breathing. Their scores were an average, were an average of 5.5 initially, were reduced to an average of 2 after the treatment. So their, their, initial, their initial rating was about 5.5, okay? And then after the treatment, it, it went down to a 2. So really, they were almost breathing well. Okay. Now, those who received the fake acupuncture, which actually didn't get the the, the actual pressure from the acupuncture, those um, those uh, scores did not really change at all. Okay. They actually scored worse after the treatment. Their scores went up by an average of a half a point. So think about it. They had fake acupuncture, and their and their breathing actually got worse. Uh, so that's you know that's significant. Okay. Now. Um, this, you know, this is very, now, now, now what they're saying here in this article also that the participants, you know, they were taking standard COPD medications and did not stop using them during the study. So they were on other medications, but you really have to wonder regarding acupuncture, you know, how effective it is here. And, you know, obviously I think it's being very, very effective. And I know people personally who have done acupuncture for asthma and 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 really have have benefited greatly from asthma with the where really they don't have an asthma problem anymore so um you know i see firsthand what acupuncture can do so um this is this is very significant for people who've got breathing problems whether asthma bronchitis emphysema you know and, and you can use you know, one of the things, if you're if you're on medication, you know, nobody's ta- nobody's saying to stop your current medications that your doctor has prescribed to you. But if you're using that, you can use that in conjunction with acupuncture. It would be a great complement to it, and um, you know, you could it could you know, hopefully, it can only get better. You know, this is this is good, and maybe eventually you can wean down the medication or whatever. But you know, this is this is something that cannot be ignored as far as acupuncture goes. is very, very, very important. Other things that can help breathing as well, besides the acupuncture, could be N-acetylcysteine. That's another one. Uh, it's very good for the lining of the lungs. Helps with glutathione production. It's an antioxidant. And quercetin, again, which is another antioxidant, which also helps with lung and breathing problems in general and sinus problems. Uh, you know, those are two things that are very good for lung function. So, again, a combination, comprehensive treatment for COPD, things like that. Very, very important. Good stuff. Okay. Now we're going to talk about joint pain and tart cherries. How about this? This is interesting. Um, cherries are now being studied, and I think I did a little bit of a... I did uh, something on this before in a previous podcast about cherries and how it was helping with arthritis. Well, more stuff is coming out of it now. Joint pain and tart cherries. So check this out. This is from Wellness Times. Researchers presented at the 2012 American College of Sports Medicine conference demonstrated the significant reductions in in important inflammatory markers in adults with osteoarthritis. So what they did was it was a study featuring 20 women age 40 to 70 with inflammatory osteoarthritis. The women who drank 10 to 15 ounces of tart cherry juice twice a day for 21 days had a, a lot, a lot of, uh, basically a, a huge reduction in inflammation and pain. 
Okay, so this was 21 days of of tart, tart cherry juice uh, that they drank on a regular basis, and it really, really helped them with with the pain and and helped reduce the high levels of inflammatory markers in the blood because what they did was they measured their blood as well, and they saw that uh, inflammation was down. This is very significant. So, why would this happen? Well, we know that cherries is a very important antioxidant. It has phytonutrients and it has anthocyanidins in it. Okay, the 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 anthocyanidins are the pigments that give the cherries their bright red color. But these are very, very, very important because these are these are highly these are uh, high antioxidants which help with inflammation and can help people with those types of issues. Now, a 2010 study also featured in the Journal of Medical Food showed that the cherries which contain the natural sleep hormone melatonin also help people with insomnia. So not only is it helping people with osteoarthritis and inflammation, it's helping people with insomnia. Very, very interesting. Think about that. So in the studies, the daily dosages were basically anywhere between 8 to 20 ounces of juice or about a cup of cherries. Pretty much. So think about it. A cup of cherries a day. How great is that? Um, again, if there was, if this was a, a pharmaceutical drug, it'd be highest selling drug out there, no doubt about it. But cherries, you know, unbelievable. Cherries can help you, um, you know, or if anything, they're they're just a great antioxidant for you. So check them out. All right. Last study here. This is from Wellness Times as well. It's important. This is regarding um, I'm sorry. This is regarding sarcopenia. So what is sarcopenia, you ask? Okay, some people don't know what it is, but this is this is about the importance of increasing your muscle mass. Now, obviously, you know, muscle mass is something that you want to increase as you get older. Because why? You lose it. Okay, muscle mass increases in childhood. It peaks. It usually peaks during your late teens to mid twenties, and then starts to decline. Literally, from after around age 25, 27, it starts to decline. Okay, and um, you know it it declines roughly at about 10 percent. Now, decline accelerates when you start getting into your 50s, and it begins to really accelerate when you get into your 60s. By the time you reach 80, you've got I would say a little more than half of what it was in your 20s. So that's significant. Now, basically, the loss of muscle mass okay, um, through regular wear and tear in the body, regular aging, that's, that's what's called sarcopenia. It's basically your muscle mass you know, kind of degenerating as you get older. So you want, to, you want to try to relieve that. You want to try to slow that down as much as you can because you know, muscle mass is very important. So... Um, one of the things you want to do, well, there's a few things you want to do to kind of offset this. And if you can start this earlier, you know, I always recommend it. I love strength training. That's one of the things I do, and I think it's a very important part of my activity. Besides yoga and things like that, I do a lot of strength training. Um, nothing significant, but uh, where I really keep my muscles in good shape. And, you know, I always recommend people to, uh, to doing that. Now, one of the keys as far as sarcopenia is that as you age, your muscle cells lose their ability to respond to growth-promoting substances. So especially with insulin and, and, and growth factors, insulin resistance is also a, a feature in most cases of obesity and type 2 diabetes. So, you know, this whole metabolic process that your body goes through, 
I mean, it's 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 wear and tear as you as you get older. So you wanna again, you wanna try to you wanna try to settle that down. Another thing that that affects sarcopenia or that can promote sarcopenia is inflammation. They call it the silent inflammation. It's not just inflammation as far as when you hit yourself and you know you get you know swelled up or anything like that. You're talking about silent inflammation, which is usually the key to a lot of chronic illnesses such as you know heart disease cancer stroke diabetes alzheimer's disease all these types of things all these types of illnesses are inflammation uh they created from inflammation in the body and that, again you tr- you can trace that back to diet lifestyle a lot of different factors into that so it's a progression diet lifestyle inflammation eventually sarcopenia and other types of illnesses so one of the things to do increase uh as you get older you want to increase some of your protein uh a couple of the proteins that are out there whey protein is probably the most digestible okay um and you know however weight protein is also the most highly allergenic so you got to be careful with it some people are allergic to 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 whey protein so you want to you know if you if you have any problems regarding you know gas bloating all different types of issues with that then you want to you may not want to take whey protein even though again it's the most digestible but it's also the most problematic so um you know other alternatives for protein would be uh, hemp protein uh vegetarian protein pea protein um you know there's a lot of different forms of protein out there you can get now they're not as quickly digested as whey because whey is very quickly digested in your body um those other proteins digest more slowly but they're still very good sources of protein and you can you can still get all your amino acids by that okay so um you know that's that's something you want to and, and just also understand that protein in the morning sets your metabolism for the next 12 hours so that's another thing you want to be aware of okay so uh, things you want to do also regarding uh sarcopenia is also first of all as far as protein get 25 to 50 grams a, uh, a day normally and if you're going through severe sarcopenia you know maybe a dosage of about 1 gram for every 2 pounds of body weight okay protein okay other things reduce the amount of saturated fat and and in your in your diet okay try to get uh fewer animal products or reduce animal products as much as possible vegetarian diet maybe you want to consider that um another thing increase your intake of omega-3 fatty acids very very important that's going to help with lowering inflammation um you know maybe two or three servings of fish per week increase your intake of monounsaturated fats to good fats um uh, such as olive oil macadamia canola all those types of things nuts and seeds very good for you eat five or more servings daily of fruits and vegetables you want to get all different types of fruits and vegetables orange yellow vegetables dark colored berries citrus fruits very important limit your intake of refined carbohydrates and then we're talking about sugars we're talking about all different types of things that can lead to insulin resistance um and also you know create problems with silent inflammation in the body again 25 to 50 grams of protein a day if possible um you know increase as you you know as you get older to try to keep your you try to keep your muscles uh just you know try to keep those amino acids going and the big one weight training or strength training 
So if you can do some weight training or strength training, and you can do it. If you start early, you can do it well into your old days. I've seen people in the gym in their 70s pumping iron, and they look great. <laughs> and they're pumping more iron than me. So um, these are things, that, you know, these are things you want to take a look at. Resistance exercises is really good. Even some forms of yoga actually help build strength and muscle mass. So take a look at yoga as well. Uh, they can, the, some forms can really, really help with, uh, you know, keeping your muscles. But you, you know, you got to remember that your muscles, the more muscle mass you have, that's also going to help with fat burning. So if you have problems with weight issues, um, the muscles are really going to help you with metabolism, fat burning throughout the day, and, and you know, and then and then and then fat burning when you sleep because that's a prime fat burning time. But if you're doing the right things during the day, okay, so. Take a look at those things, but you really, really want to um, get yourself on a really good program, especially if you're getting older. Uh, but you don't have to start when you're in your 50s and 60s. You can start when you're in your 30s and 40s because it's only going to help to delay any kind of problems with sarcopenia or any kind of other issues in general. Start earlier and just make it a regular part of your program and just just do it for life. You know, Because I, I guarantee you, you're, you'll be better off if you can really make it a lifelong commitment, uh, just an overall strength comprehensive program, it's really, really going to help you out. So that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, again, you know, uh, I want you guys to, you know, hopefully keep joining me on this show. Again, this will be our last broadcast from Blog Talk Radio. So for those of you who listen through Blog Talk, um, definitely go to my website again, georgebatista.com. Sign up for the feed there. Or you can sign up, just send me a message, tell me you want me you want to be on the email list, and I'll send you out an email every week, every time the podcast is coming out. And this way you can keep, you know, keep listening to it, and hopefully you're enjoying the show and getting some, you know, regular tips through it. And if you can get one tip from it, and that's great, you know, use use the show however you like, and uh, get as much of it as you can. You know, some of it may be simple. Some of it may not. You may know some of it, and you may know you may not know some of it. But you know what? That's what we're here for. We're here to share ideas. We're here to learn how to, you know, lead a hopefully a healthier life. And uh, you know, that's what I do on this show to try to help folks out, get some tips and ideas and things maybe you've never heard before, and um, hopefully they can help you. So that's pretty much it for this week. Again, have a great week, everybody, and I will see you next week on Wellness Talk. Take care. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today.
Hi, I'm Dr. Andreas Michaelitis, Chief Psychologist at Noom. But what's Noom and why does Noom need a Chief Psychologist? Noom is a weight loss program that works with results that last because we know that changing the way you eat starts with your mind. With Noom's proven psychology-backed tools, one-on-one coaching, and flexible plans that emphasize progress over perfection, you'll have the tools you need to change your relationship with food. So sign up at Noom.com now and lose the weight for good. That's N-O-O-M.com.